0: Well, hello, Secret Squad. It's time for another I've Got a Secret, and guess what? Today, I'm just going to get right to it, because as I always say, I'm really, really excited about today's episode, but I'm like super excited, and I think you're going to understand why I'm super excited, because my guest today is the really impressive, brilliant Jacqueline Johnson, and she has so much energy and so much spirit, and I am so excited that you have agreed to join me today. Of course. So of I just course. want to tell everyone all about you and tell them exactly what we're doing today. Our podcast today, I'm calling it The Secret to Becoming Your Own Boss. Do you love that? That's perfect for me. Oh, good, good. I think it is too. Okay, so for all the listeners out there, we're talking about the secret to being your own boss. And listen, I couldn't find anyone I think more impressive for everyone to listen to than Jacqueline. Because she is the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, a multi-million dollar online community and event series for women looking to create the career of their dreams. Jacqueline not only helps other women reach their entrepreneurial goals, but she is also a powerhouse entrepreneur herself. Jacqueline sold her first multi-million dollar company when she was only 28 years old and has now grown her second venture, Create and Cultivate, to be a huge national sensation. So Jacqueline, first of all, I'm looking at you, you don't even look like you could be 28, so, but <laughs> can I just say, you are amazing and congratulations on your success.
1: Thank you so much. I mean, first of all, thank you for the compliment because I feel like in quarantine, I have a lot of gray hairs coming in these days. Um, Oh, I hear you. you, (laughs) But thank you so much.
0: Well, listen, you know, I'm so confident that you are going to give us the best secrets on starting your own business. So let's start with your company, Create and Cultivate. Can you tell us a little more about it? Just tell us everything you can about it.
1: Yeah, so Create and Cultivate is an online platform and offline event series for women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. And it really was based off kind of what you're talking about, the secret, right? Which is really, what is the secret to success? And I think for so long, um, especially amongst women, you know, even five plus years ago, there wasn't a lot of room at the top for women and so yeah. the women that were able to get to the top were nervous to share those secrets with other women because there was such little room to get there and what i realized was having now been an entrepreneur for 14 years and have worked in corporate america is that actually the secret is the more women that are successful and in positions of power the more likely we are to have more women at the top more women succeeding and so create cultivate was born out of this idea of saying Let's share those secrets. Let's have real talk conversations on how we got to where we are, how we're making the money we're making, why we're doing the things we're doing, and have an open dialogue for women that are younger than us, that are older than us, to come together and start sharing in those secrets and in that success, and therefore creating more success for women overall. So that's how the company got started.
0: Wow. Do you know you... It's almost like I really feel like I want to just cry tears of joy because... (laughs) you have, you just said the very reason why I wanted to start this podcast and name it, I've got a secret. And uh, because it was for that very reason, I thought, you know, women are brilliant. You know, I, I, I feel like we all wear so many hats and we couldn't do that if we weren't just such capable, strong, brilliant women. And I know that because of our great grandmothers, our grandmothers, our mothers and our sisters and, and our our friends and all the women in the world. If we didn't learn what we know from everyone in our families and, and the, those that we meet as we go through life, they're secrets to success. And we know them. And if we don't share them with each other, then I think that's a shame. And so mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to start this podcast. I've got a secret and I probably should have named it. I've got a secret and I want to share it. But you, you just said that very belief that I had when I started this. And so thank you. You had it a long time ago, but thank you so much. I think you're just a, you're just an angel on earth for, for wanting to, to step up and, and create something that you could help other women. And that's what you've done. I, I love it. Would you say that you were born to be an entrepreneur? So I
1: would not say that, only because I, I kind of became an entrepreneur accidentally. And I, and I come from a family of small business owners. So my parents own a small business together. My sister's an entrepreneur. She owns a wedding photography business. Um, and so I kind of had an insight into what goes into being an entrepreneur from an early age. And it was not pretty. <laughs> you know, it was long hours, hard work. Like my parents are the hardest working people I know. And so for me, I started my career in corporate America and thought that was my trend. Track, that's what I'm going to be doing and then um, you know cut to you know 2008 2009 with the recession hitting I was laid off from my job at the time and thought it was the end of the world and actually was able to from that point on launch my first company honestly by happenstance because I couldn't even get I couldn't get a job I just moved to Los Angeles and obviously LA especially at the time this is like 2010, Entertainment is obviously the bread and butter for Los Angeles, and I had no experience in entertainment, and so um, my experience at the time was in fashion and beauty marketing, and that just wasn't a big thing in Los Angeles, and so I decided to create my own fashion and beauty marketing agency, um, and it was, you know, I was 23, I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> and I love it. And really, like, learned a lot of lessons the hard way, as you do when you're first figuring stuff out. And, and from that, wanted to create a community uh, for women to kind of share in what I figured out along the way in building that business. Um, so so my journey in entrepreneurship was not, like, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't go to business school. Like, I did not have any of that stuff figured out. But it really was a, um, a, a series of seeing the white space in a market, taking advantage of it, and then really being naive and and knowing that I had nothing to lose at that point when I was starting the company and ended up starting my first business.
0: So did you decide on your company because it it was just a passion of yours, just a personal passion, and so you decided to go in there, or you just did research and you realized there is a true need for it? So
1: for for my first company, I had the skill set and there was a demand, and I decided to launch it based on that. For Crate and cultivate it was a bit different so basically i had gone through so i ran my first company for seven years went through a ton of trials and tribulations and essentially um through that selfishly wanted to meet other women and have these conversations so started creating cultivate not as a business it was a completely a fun thing i did on the side for many many years before it ever became an actual company Um, that had employees and made money and like did things like that. So for me, um, you know, they were born out of different needs and necessities and and moments in my life. Um, Uh And they've always, you know, kind of gone from there. But Crate and Cultivate, I have to say, was like, had a life of its own. Like, people were so drawn to that concept of that brand because at the time it just didn't really exist. And so um, I feel fortunate that, you know, I was able to bring together these incredible women at the time, maybe 25 people, and now cut to five years later,
0: like millions of women around. <gasps> that is just amazing. Congratulations. Thank that- you. I, that, I, I'm just so impressed with everything about you. Going back to your first company, do you believe that everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur? Do you think that's possible?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> I think Good that entrepreneurship is a journey. And I I try to say this as much as possible. If you love something, if you like wake up every morning and, and that's what you think about and you love it so much and you're super passionate about it, Absolutely. You should be a small business owner, an entrepreneur. Like that's what it it takes um, because it is a commitment. um, And there are things that you give up along the way. Um, And I think there's twofold. Like I think there was this moment where everyone was glorifying entrepreneurship and it was like this, like, you know, very cool to be the boss, which it is in many ways. But I think, like, there's also a lot of heat that comes with being the boss. There's a lot of things that you take on that are very challenging and very difficult. Um, And I think that's not for everyone, and that's okay. And I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, I've met some incredible women who are like, look, I want to support the boss. Like, I want to be that right hand to the boss. And, like, that's what I want to do. And that's equally as valuable and important. Um, I I just think entrepreneurship is not something uh, that you should go into – with immediate goal. Like you, you kind of have to be unattached to the outcome when you're being an entrepreneur. Like you can't be like, I'm going to create this like million dollar business. I'm going to have billion dollar exits. I'm going to do this, this, and this. You kind of have to be unattached to the outcome and just obsessed with the idea. And, uh-huh. and I think that's how you will become a successful entrepreneur.
0: Oh, I love that advice. I love that you just said that because I, I agree with you just from a lot of the Friends and the experiences that I, I myself and my husband, my our family and friends, whatever the the stories that I know. Um, sadly, a lot of people will go into it thinking that they're going to be an overnight success, and just knowing that you know sometimes it's baby steps, and you have to be prepared that uh, it's not an overnight success only journey.
1: Yeah, and even with Creighton and Cultivate, you know. I was doing it for three years before it ever became a business, and like people were always like, "Oh my gosh, you guys blew up overnight!" And it's like, no, like we've been working on this for so long. And there's like a great quote that something like, "Behind every overnight success is ten years of hard work," and I think that's so true.
0: I think that's so true as well. And and God bless you for staying with it because uh, I a lot of people will will give up thinking, "Oh, this is never going to work." And uh, I love that that you're here today and talking to everyone and saying, you know, you can't give up, you have to stay with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things I always say is resiliency is required when it comes to entrepreneurship and that the journey of entrepreneurship is full of ebbs and flows and there's good days, bad days, good hours, bad hours, good years, bad years. And like, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think this is one of those years that everyone oh is God. sort of like, ah. Um, but I think I think you know it, it's a test. It's a testament to you know sticking with it, but knowing when to quit too, right? Like knowing when it's not working or when you need to pivot and make those changes. It's like again, you have to be like a flexible entrepreneur in so many ways. But I think at the end of the day. Um, the first bump in the road, there's bumps in the road all the time. And like, that's just part of the journey and you get used to it and you get better at how you
0: handle it. You learn from it. I love that you brought up that you can't, you really can't do it by yourself that it takes uh, that's a, it takes a village. Yes, it does. It takes a family. It takes a, it takes support. And I love that you uh, acknowledge that because there are so many people that do not want to be the boss, but they want to be a part of the family. They want to be a part of that and because the boss would be lost without that group.
1: Absolutely. It's so important to have a strong team around you and to find people. And like you said, beyond your team, your family, your spouse, like whoever, like you need to have those people that are building you up when you're building a business because it's very isolating and can feel very lonely when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, or if you're a solo founder. And the team that you're building around you is so, so, so important and having that Um, you know, the people who who check you and say, like, I don't think that's a good idea. And the people who hype you up and make you feel good about what you're doing. It's just so important to to build a really strong foundation from the very beginning of when you're building a company.
0: I I think the word appreciation is so important to always be front and center. Always.
1: Absolutely.
0: How did you even know where to start?
1: Yeah, I think for me, the, the The good news is is I didn't know where to start. And I think that's like where I kind of started my entrepreneurial journey is I Googled a lot of information at the very beginning. And what I realized was there was nothing that looked, felt, or spoke to me as a young female founder. And that's part of the reason why I created Create and Cultivate. But I also was able to lean on mentors and women who had done it before me to give me that advice of saying, hey, like that, you know, Create and Cultivate's great. Did you trademark that logo? Like Create and Cultivate's great. Do you have a strong contract? You know, Create and Cultivate this. Like the women that were able to give me the advice that, like not the sexy advice, but the advice that is actually important to help you build and grow a company, it was was really incredible to to be able to have access to that. And that's really what I wanted to bring forward with Create and Cultivate was for the women who maybe didn't have women like that in their life to get that information. Because running a business is no joke. There are so many things that you don't know about when you first start out. Because you're just like the passionate entrepreneur. You have the idea. You want to go, 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 go. But... It's important to also be buttoned up along the way, and whether that's through your trademarks or your copyrights or your employee benefits or you know, the things that you're kind of building and doing and growing and keeping track of all those different elements that are important to build a real company, you can get, you know, you need those people around you. And it's okay. I think it's okay if you don't know what you're doing at first. Like that's part of it. And and I always say, you know, hire against your weaknesses. So if you're the idea person and you love the creative, but you hate finances, bring on someone who understands finances or if yes. you're really good with growing a team and you want to be doing that and not on the day-to-day operations, hire like an operations person. Like figure out what you're good at and focus on that and bring in people to help with the rest.
0: Oh, well, that is such great advice because honestly, I don't really know anyone who, who is capable of doing it all, who is capable or, or really truly wants to do it all. I mean, that, that it's, it's almost impossible. It's almost like forming the perfect marriage. It's like, there's no perfect marriage. It takes someone who is really good at one thing and someone else is really good at something else. And then they come together and learn from each other. And I think you said something just, just a few minutes ago when that I can really relate to and I really believe in. And that was the word research. When you were saying that when you started your company and you started researching and talking to those who come before you and had done this very thing before you and you were asking questions and uh, researching and finding out all of that information that you needed to know, but to, that you didn't know. I I so believe in that. I so agree with that. And I can relate to that when uh, in a way that because I'm really big on research, I I love to get on the Internet. And I talk about this in one of my books that when I started to learn more about my body when I would enter the, when I entered the face of menopause, I couldn't find enough information. I researched, I made appointments with different doctors. I made appointments with pharmacists and I would just go in and just ask as many questions as I could so I could educate myself. And that's basically what you're saying. If you are going to take on a job, like building a company, starting a company, education research is just key. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we live in an age now where you have access to so much incredible information. And, you know, I had someone say once like that, you know, their mentors are people they've never met. It's like, uh-huh. you know, but that's okay because you have, you can listen to them on a podcast. You can watch their videos on YouTube. You can hear how they did it. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, when I was in my early 20s did not exist. So I think there's so much information out there and it's such a empowering time that you can do it on your own. Like to your point, like you wanna know about something, you can go on and find it now. So I think that's just really important to understand, research um, and take the time to get to know what's going on in your industry, in the issues that you're interested in. Like um, we live in it, we have unprecedented access at this point. So I think it's just worthwhile to kind of dive in. Um, And from an entrepreneur standpoint, like. You, you can really like, you don't need to go to like Harvard business school. You can, and that's great. But I think there's also, you can do stuff on your own now that you couldn't five years ago. So I just that's think right. there's such opportunity um, for this new generation of, of, you know, women and men and, and non-binary people that are coming up that they just have such opportunity.
0: I, I love that. You are running not one, but two companies at the same time. Can you, can you kind of speak to that? and How did you balance both?
1: Yes, I highly do not recommend it. It was, um, it was a crazy year. But essentially, what happened was, I sold my first business, um, but had started create and cultivate. And so I was essentially part time at both companies. um, But you know, part time loose being like I was basically full time at both companies. Um, running a marketing and events agency out here in Los Angeles, and then running to a different office to go run, create, and cultivate. Um, And it was very challenging personally and professionally, but I also, it was a great lesson in multitasking, learning to let go of things, delegate. um, The things where if you're sitting there 24-7, you know, as as a control freak and an entrepreneur and a boss, like I was constantly in the mix. But that forced me to be like, okay, I can't do it all. I need to delegate to this team member or whatever it might be, and be able to kind of be a little bit more hands off. So it was a great learning lesson in that retro- in that you know regard, um, and I was able to get a lot done that year. That's for sure. And I also, in the same year, got married and bought my first house, which was it was just like I was a total masochist and like I was like, let me just try to put everything insane on my plate, but. Um, it was a crazy year, but obviously ended up learning a lot, and um, it ended up all working out.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, congratulations on your marriage and your new home happening at the same time. I think that's <laughs> wonderful. Those are some real positives. So let me just ask you something, uh, because I know, I feel like you're such a positive energy, such a positive force, but let me ask you this. Uh, how, did, how exciting, or, or just give me your feeling... When you decided to put your full focus on create and cultivate, how did you
1: feel? It was was great. I mean, I think it was also like a real eye-opening moment for me too, where there was a bit of pressure because I'd been doing both, and that's how I'd been operating. And create and cultivate was my, you know, side hustle at the time. And when it became like, oh, you at the time, I had five employees, we had a new office, and it all of a sudden felt very real and and scary because I the company I had started previously, I had experience in. Like I understood marketing and events for fashion and beauty brands. I did that all day long. This was a different beast where all of a sudden it was my brand, my vision, my execution, and um, everyone's looking at me like, what are we gonna do next? And I had never run big conferences before. I had no experience in being the brand versus being the person the agency helping the brand so it was a whole new world for me too and it was really exciting and terrifying I think at the same time to kind of take the jump off the cliff and say okay like let's do it again and see how it goes but I also felt very lucky in the sense that all the mistakes and the lessons and the learnings from the first business I was able to bring into the second uh, round of my business where I was like okay not gonna do that again not gonna deal with that again um, and I was able to kind of bring those lessons in at the very beginning, which I think were so, um, impactful and important for the growth of the company. Now, that being said, five years into creating Cold faith, there's all new sets of problems and all new sorts of issues that I'm, I'm learning that, you know, maybe I won't bring into my next company or whatever <laughs> it might be. You never know. Um, but just knowing that like, there's no end journey where you're like, Oh, like I've made it. Like... That does not exist. There's no moment where you're like, I know everything as a boss, like constantly learning, constantly failing. Um, But it's just, you get better at it and you learn to understand that failure is just a set of data points that you can use to make anything that you want to do better in the
0: future. Oh, do you know, are you the type that it's, it's almost like a good thing that you, you never really get there. Like you just said, there's never an end point. Aren't you really glad about that? Are you happy about that? Because then the thrill is gone. Do you agree? Yes.
1: Yes. And the learning is gone. I think, you know, we're always we're students, right? And I think at the end of the day, there's no, like, moment where you, the moment you think you've made it is probably the moment you fail failed. Because I think at the end of the day, you have so much to learn and so much to, like, I mean this year is a perfect example you never know what life is gonna throw at you and like what's gonna happen and so the moment that you think like i'm gonna sit back relax i got it all figured out i mean the world has a different plan for you so i think it's just important to constantly be pivoting and paying attention and like you know kind of rolling with the punches and i think you know success is so personal and so um so not linear you know because i think it's like you know there's so much that goes into a life, you know, and it's not just work and it's not just your business. It's it's not just your marriage. It's not just your friendships, It's all of those things that's combined right. in how you show up in the world every day.
0: That's so true. Are you one of those that work better under pressure?
1: Yes, um, definitely. I, I love working under pressure. Like that's yeah, I do where too. I, I do describe. too.
0: I, I mean, felt like you would I felt like you would say yes. So oh, yeah. so what one, one quick little question, side question to that. Do you wait until the last minute to pack for a trip?
1: <laughs> oh yes. I wait until <laughs> the last minute to pack for a trip, but then when I get home, I unpack immediately. Oh like my, my gosh, husband, me
0: too.
1: My husband's like, you're so it's so funny because it's like the night before I'm like throwing stuff in. But then, like, as soon as I'm home, it's like everything's put away. Yes. Um, I don't know what that means. Like, I'm like, I don't know what that means about me. But I I mean, I miss traveling so much. I, I was on a plane every week almost, it felt like, you know. And so that's been like a new, but like, again, always learning, always growing. Like, I've never spent this much time at home, but it's been really fun, you know. And it's been a whole yes. new
0: experience for me. It's like to be made to stay home and yeah. and, and the stay home and, and then get some things done is like Oh, I really like this because I, too, work so much better under pressure. And I have, if we're going on a trip, let's just say a a trip that is going to be like a week long or something, it's a family vacation or something. And so I know I have a lot of packing to do. I might have time to do it, but I put it off until like almost midnight the night before. And why I do that, I don't know. And I always say, why did I do this? But I know why I work better under pressure. I always get it done. And so I just do. It's that way with almost everything. I just work better under pressure. And two, also just like you, when we get home, oh, everything's got to be put up and everything that, that that's behind us. Vacation's over. I got to put everything up.
1: <laughs> it's true. And I think, I, yeah, I, I work. I'm so much more efficient and productive under pressure too. So yes. it's not like, to your point, like it's not like a scramble under pressure. It's like actually, I'm so much sharper and on my game yes. than I would nor- like than I would be if like there was like nothing going on. I had no calls on my calendar or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm like we're very similar, I think, in that regard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I just I had to ask you that because it was kind of on. I thought I bet she's a lot like me in this in this regard. So what women were your mentors when you were starting your two businesses? Did you have women? That you admired or that you actually worked with?
1: Yeah, so um, I actually had some male mentors like early on in my career. So I actually worked for um, John Foley, who's the CEO of Peloton now, um, and at the time was the CEO um, of a company called Pronto, which I worked at. And he was just an incredible boss. I loved working with him. He like really championed me and like what I wanted to do at the company, and he was able to really help me along in my career. Um, And when I started my first company that he was one of my first clients and got me some of my first clients. And so, um, you know, I, I, I love women, obviously my whole business is built around women, but I do think there's also really great men out there that can be supportive and be mentors as well. Um, and then as I started growing my business and being more entrepreneurial, I was able to have mentors in a few different capacities. So, um, some were really successful women that had sort of been in the business for a long time that were, um, you know, able to come in and help me with my company and help me grow in that way. And then also I was able to find mentors that were really kind of just starting their companies alongside me and doing it at the same time. And we were all in it together. Like, Hey, how did you deal with this? Did you do that? Like, you know, what, are now I have 20 employees. Like, what are you doing for, you know, um, health benefits? Like, you know, who are you using? What do you like? What's your payroll company, whatever it was. And so it was kind of this like, um, you know, horizontal mentorship, where, you know, we were just at the same levels in our, our businesses and our career, but going through it together. And so I think that was really important as well. And I think mentorship has really changed over the years. Like I don't think, um, you know, women sometimes think that they their mentor needs to be this super successful, you know, person that's hard to get in touch with and like that they finally find, I don't think it needs to be that. I think there's so much mentorship, um, availability online, digital mentorship, things like that, but also women who are maybe at the same level as you, doing something similar but different that can give you advice that you're looking for.
0: Oh, I so agree with you. It doesn't have to be some successful, someone who's already made it. It can be someone that we're doing this together at the same time and we're learning from each other and we may know them, we may not, but their story is so inspiring. And to watch their journey alongside our own is, I think, is so inspiring as well. I, myself, growing up, was always very close to my father. And I had a twin brother. Honestly, I always felt like I had a special relationship with all the men in my life, my father and my twin brother. And then I've been married to Philip now for 44 years, and I raised two sons. So I do have a special bond with men in my life. And so I I admire strong men who have been successes and I like to read about them and follow them. And so I love that you had that man in your life, a boss actually that was open to mentoring you. I love that. Um, Congratulations. I love that, that you've had both.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And I think men are such an important part of the equation, like with create and cultivate, I think, you know, sometimes people are like, are men allowed to come? And we're like, yeah, we have, we have men speak. We've had the CEO of Pinterest speak. Um, We had the CEO of Nubian Heritage Speak, and it was so important because I think, like, look, at the end of the day, men are in a lot of the positions of power, and they have the power to uplift women in the workplace and help them along the way. And so I think it's important to, um, you know, not only educate and teach men about, you know, what's going on, why it's important to do that. You know, there's... We coexist, so there's no way to not have these conversations. To have these conversations in a vacuum, um, so I just think it's really important as well. And, and we've had a lot of, um, like I said, really great men, um, you know, on the podcast, on on the stage at Creating Cultivate that were an important part of the conversation as well. The first page of a book never tells the full story, and those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multilayered and complex.
0: It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, Essential Television. Let me tell you something that we do on the podcast. We do two things consistently on every podcast, and uh, one is we have a drink of the day. Now, of course, we're not together, so we can't sit together and sip the drink and have a little cheers and whatever, but I still like to offer the drink of the day to the listeners so that they can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and, and see an image of the drink. and and see the recipe. And I have the most amazing team that works with me on my podcast. Everyone, it's a small team, but they're all so dedicated and they're all so creative. And so Rachel on the team is always in charge of picking a drink of the day. And she picks one that she always feels like reflects our guest and our topic. And she'll send it to me. She'll send a selection, but they're always so much fun. And today, I really like what she picked for us. And it's called the elderflower grapefruit sparkler I know so let me tell everyone what this involves it has one ounce of vodka a half of an ounce of elderflower liqueur one half vanilla simple syrup and grapefruit sparkling water grapefruit slice for garnish and a sprig of rosemary Now, you fill a cocktail shaker with the ice and and add the vodka, the elderflower liqueur, and the simple syrup. You shake that until it's really frosty. Then you strain it into an ice-filled glass and top with the grapefruit sparkling water. You add the grapefruit slice and then the rosemary sprig for garnish. And so when you do go on to I've Got a Secret with Robin McGraw, you'll see the finished drink and it's just beautiful and you're just going to really, really love it. I hope that everyone goes on there and looks at it because I really, really think you're going to think it's beautiful and you're really going to enjoy the taste of it. Yeah. Okay. So now let me ask you this, how do you hope that the future changes for the next generation of female entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think it's, I think we have a lot of work to do still, unfortunately. And I think that we've come so far just in the five years of doing Create and Cultivate, but I think there's a couple different things that need to happen. One is there needs to be um, a shift in generational wealth. And what I mean by that is twofold. One, women are very weird about talking about money, um, which is something that is a learned behavior over time and things like that. That being said, I think it's really important because of the pay um, disparagement and, and inequity that we still have to start having conversations about money. And that means, how much are you making you know, within your community? How much should I be making? And asking to be paid equally fine. On the flip side of that is, how do you invest? How do you invest money? How do you make your money grow? It's something that women are very nervous about making investments with their money. So we're catching up to all of this. So I think in the future, what my hope is, is that we get more women in positions of power, more women in control of the dollars, therefore hiring more women own businesses or employees or whatever it is, ensuring that there's pay equity. And then increasingly help women invest to grow that money over time um and i think that's how we see real change i mean we live in a capitalist society money is power however whichever way you you slice and dice it and i think that you know if we want to see real change for the future that's where it has to be and we have to have more Money in the hands of women in power, and so um, that's what we're really focused on: is how do we do that? I personally invest in a lot of female-owned businesses, um, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm excited about, and that you know that can help them grow it and and you know take their vision to the next level. So I'm hopeful. I'm absolutely hopeful. I think we're making a lot of steps in the right direction. Um, and I think, you know, the, whatever we can do on the creating Cold side, we're pushing to do it, but um, it's a longer process, right? And it takes everyone kind of getting involved and having these tough conversations um, and pushing for change. So um, I think we're, you know, getting there for sure. And I'm, I'm hopeful that this new generation, which is already very vocal about the workplace and what they want and how they want it, um, will be able to, like, you know, steer that change for the long term.
0: Wow, you are so powerful. I, I'm just so impressed that I completely agree with everything you just said. And I really do hope that our listeners uh, hear every word you just said. And I really love that supporting uh, the new small businesses, especially those created by women. I love that. And I love that, that you're investing in them. And I'm so impressed. I love, now I also love your mission of collaborate over competition. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so it's funny, we did this event I guess it was like in 2016 now, and we had this really great moment where we had this big floral installation, and we had this neon sign that said collaboration over competition. And it was something that, you know, we believed in, we liked it, we had no idea it was going to resonate so much with people. And that image of that, like, installation was shared over a million times on social. It was insane. Like, it, it was just, it took on a life of its own. And so one of the things that, what that was really rooted in is, I think, again, like, looking back to you know tv shows movies you know in the past the ones that I grew up with frankly like there was the good girl and the bad girl and there was one girl who could make it and that girl had to like take that girl down and like that was the narrative that you we grew up with like on on tv and I think that became what we thought was normal is like well if she wins I lose and that's not the narrative it's like if she wins I can win too like we can all win So I think that's really where the idea of collaboration over competition came from because there's so much more that you can do together than you can do apart. And there's so much power in numbers. And I think that's important for women to take into their day-to-day, whether you work for a corporate company um, or you work for yourself or whatever it is. Um, It really should be applied to like everything that it is that you do is understanding like, We're not in competition here. Um, We can both win and there's enough money for everyone to go around and like, that's what we need to focus on. Um, So it really has become like this rally and cry around the great and cultivate community, which is awesome.
0: Oh, I love that. You are helping to create a whole new mindset for women, a new way to think. And it's so positive.
1: I hope so. I, I feel like especially during these times, like you need that positivity and you need those mantras that are going to get you through this, um, you know, whatever it is that you're going through. But I think it's just important, like our lens at Create and Cultivate is through the positive lens. It's like, how do we make change in a way um, that is uplifting and not shaming or making you feel bad about things? Um, and I think that's really important as well.
0: Wow, that is so important. Uh, What's one of the best pieces of advice you've been given throughout your career?
1: So I would say the best piece of advice I've ever been given, and this is kind of like a, um, like a a little bit of a boring one, but I think it's important is, is get it in writing. And I think this was the piece of advice I got early on, which is basically, you know, I think as women, oftentimes, I mean, as humans, oftentimes, like, you know, you're so excited about doing something or starting something that you're like, yeah, let's figure it out. And like, let's just get going. And it's so important to have the paperwork in place to protect yourself legally. um, And and get it in writing. get all those things that you talked about all those handshake deals. Like, I think that was a mistake I made early on in my first company so many times. And I think it was really important, um, you know, to again, approach everything with a seriousness. And understand that, like, hey, let's get it in writing. Let's put it into a contract. Like, that's so, so important as a business person and business owner. Um, And it's something that I still do
0: today. That is so true. You are absolutely right. I asked that question of someone else recently, and I thought they had a good answer. They said, don't tell everything you know in the first meeting. (laughs) I was like,
1: yeah, that's so true. Create some excitement there, that's for sure.
0: Save save some until it's in, and they went on to say, until you have a signed contract. It's true. I love it. I love it. Tell us about your book, Work Party. Yeah, oh, so um,
1: my book, Work Party, um, it's also our podcast name, um, was created to kind of tell my story of launching a business and being young, all the lessons I've learned along the way, whether it's the contracts I didn't write well or the agreements I didn't do. And then I spend the other half of the book telling other women's stories. So like people like Rebecca Minkoff or Ali Webb are just like really amazing entrepreneurs and, and what they've learned as they've sort of grown um, in those ways as well. And the idea behind Work Party, the name, was that, you know, work has for so long been thought of as this thing that you have to get up and do every day. But... When you're running a show, when you're doing something you love, when you're waking up and you're passionate about your career, it can feel like a party. It can feel super fun. Um, you just have to change that mindset and reinvent the way that you think about work.
0: Wow. That's so true. I'm just falling in love with you every time you open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> even more, even more. Because, you know, Ali Webb was on my podcast just uh, a few months ago. And I loved her story. I loved her energy. And I loved everything about her story. So I agree with you that the work party is the perfect name for your book and and then your podcast. It's just brilliant. I love it. Tell the listeners what they can expect from the podcast.
1: So the podcast is me interviewing incredible women, which you need to be on, um, and we oh.
0: tackle specific Please, topics. please, can we get that in writing?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, get it in writing, exactly. <laughs> um, and we basically talk about everything from um, failures that they've had, like we have a really good episode with Sarah Blakely from Spanx, who talks about, um, you know, like she lost her arm Spanx, it didn't do well, what she learned, how she like dealt with it. And so we tackle specific topics, whether it's raising money, or failures you've had, or contracts you've dealt with, hiring, building a team, growing a business, scaling, whatever it is, and we tackle it with like amazing entrepreneurs and experts. Um, so it's definitely in the weeds about small businesses, entrepreneurship, and building companies, but it, it really, we get into the hard-hitting advice um, with these amazing women, You know, everyone from the founder of Salt and Straw, which is like an, you know, an incredible ice cream company, and how she comes up with her flavors, and how she became an ice cream maker, to um, Sophia Bush, who's an incredible actress an activist and everything that she's doing and learned along the way. So it's a really fun time um, and it. I'm really
0: enjoying doing it. Oh, I just love it. So you've already made such an impact in the career space for women. What is next for you and create and cultivate? Because I I just love everything we you've already been telling us about create and cultivate. I feel like we could hear so much more. Tell us what's what's next for it.
1: So we have a lot of exciting things coming
0: up. So first and foremost,
1: we're doing a ton of digital summits right now, which have been incredible. And, you know, we're most well known for our offline events, which are great and I love, but obviously are on hold right now. And the thing about digital that's been so interesting and and so awesome is that just the reach is unprecedented. So we have these events where there's 11,000 women from 50 different countries tuning in. It's crazy. Oh. And it's so exciting to think like, you know, you know, with our events, obviously they're so fun, but they're local, you know, like you have people in Los Angeles or New York or Texas or wherever. Um, and getting this global reach has been really fun and exciting for us, which has been awesome. I love um, it. Congratulations. And we, thank you. And then we actually just launched um, our vegan leather goods line. So we launched this line, which was so exciting, so many, you know, years in the making uh, of accessories. So whether it's a business card holder or a cool like little case, we'll have to send you some. Um, But we've been really excited about that. And we're doing um, 20% um, to the human rights campaign this month in celebration of pride, which we're super excited about. Um, So we just have a lot of things going on. We're keeping busy um, and just, you know, getting through it. But, you know, I'm really excited for what's to come. I think you know, this has been such an unprecedented year, especially for women in business. And so we're just excited to be a resource um, as women reopen and and start new businesses and and are getting back on their feet. So we're just excited about that.
0: Well, I don't blame you. Congratulations. I'm I'm very excited for you. And I just uh, am thrilled that, that the universe has you and your team and your ideas and your energy in it. Thank you so much. It was so fun. It's been so much fun. Let me tell you what else we, I said, we have two things that we consistently do every, on every podcast and our other one. And we do at the end of the, every podcast is we play a game. Do you awesome. like to play games?
1: Yes. Let's do it.
0: Okay. So this game is, uh, also I have to give, uh, Rachel and Kristen a shout out to this because they come up with the game and this one is called three little words. So I'm going to ask a question. And we're going to answer in three words or less. I haven't looked at these questions, so I don't know. And so it's like three words or less. And okay, so here is the first question. How do you feel today? Mm. Three words or less? I feel (laughs) hopeful. Oh great. I feel hopeful. Okay, so I'm gonna answer it. Okay, excited, grateful, and no I just said and those were my three <laughs> words and yeah I said and okay what makes you the happiest
1: dog's husband food
0: what? I love that I love that okay <laughs> what makes me the happiest grandchildren children daughter-in-law husband love it Okay. I was trying to figure out how I could get in there. Or, I, I
1: was like, "We've got to take children now."
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry, Philip. Uh, you had to come last, but <laughs> I was just going to loop it all together with family. But those little grandbabies had to come first. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, what or who keeps you motivated?
1: The create and cultivate community.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Okay. What keeps me motivated? Uh, healthy family, myself. I love that. Okay. Okay. Um, what are your first thoughts in the morning?
1: Where is my coffee?
0: Oh my gosh. I'm going to copy that one. I'm copying that one. That's probably my first thought in the morning as well. Where's my coffee? (laughs) I can't start my day without coffee. Same. And I, I run, I run downstairs to get my coffee. Okay. What personal qualities are you most proud of?
1: Okay. Resiliency, loyalty,
0: and fun. Oh, I love those. I love those. Okay. I think I'm going to say, I have to maybe copy some of those. Okay. I'm going to say loyalty, humor, Passion. Love it. Humor was what I was looking for, and I couldn't give you more. <laughs> oh, isn't that fun? These are, these are really fun. Okay. Uh, what gives you strength when you need it most?
1: My mom, for sure. Um, sleep and oh. reflection.
0: Oh, very good. I actually was thinking when I read the question, my husband's love. Sorry, um, Hudson. <laughs> I'm like my mom. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Sadly, I've lost my mom, but I, oh, you know, I, there are so many things we could all say, but that came to my mind right first. Okay. I love that. What are you looking forward to? Oh, so
1: many things. Um, I mean, so many things. I feel like that's my
0: answer. <laughs> okay. And I, you know what? I'm going to say something to eat. Uh, yeah. I'm so hungry right now. get lunch okay what are you most grateful for today
1: I would say health for sure health family and friends
0: very good answer what are you most grateful for today I met you I I mean that I mean that I had to say that I met you thank you you're welcome what did you enjoy most about this interview I could have saved my other answer, but okay. What uh, did you I mean, enjoy most?
1: I mean, I met you. i was <laughs> <No, I'm laughs> just going totally. I could have
0: saved it. <laughs> no, this was so
1: fun and so great, and the questions were great. That, that's like ten words, but go
0: ahead. <laughs> so, what did I enjoy most about this inter- about this interview? Uh, amazing, brilliant energy. Oh, thank you. Okay. So that's unfortunately all of the time we have for today. Jacqueline, thank you for sharing your impressive, amazing expertise with the secret squad. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Oh, it was so fun. Now, can you let everyone know where to find out more information about Create and Cultivate as well as your new book and podcast?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we are at createcultivate.com and workparty.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at createcultivate, at workparty, and at Jacqueline R. Johnson.
0: Oh, well, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that information because it's so important. I know the listeners are going to want to go to all of those sites. So uh, it's just been wonderful. So Secret Squad, check out the I've Got a Secret Instagram page by searching I've Got a Secret Podcast. I post videos from each episode as well as behind-the-scenes photos and a a lot of extras. And, of course, visit I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for even more extras. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.